I'm Les Miles, and this is Less is More. Just when we thought it couldn't get any better, the NFL season is back. Dad, do you have any guys you want to wish luck for this year? In the first week, certainly the guys that I would look for would be Odell Beckham to see if, you know, you know what he's catching and putting in the end zone. There's a... Uh, his catches are as big as his contract. They'll be in good shape. <laughs> well, that's well said. <laughs> so they gave him that amount of money because that's his market value. I mean, his brand is big. And worldwide? Yeah, it's worldwide. So Odell would be somebody that I would look forward to. Leonard? Yeah, Leonard's... Uh, Tyron Matthew now with the Texans. Yeah, he's, he's, those guys are going to be guys that uh, are going to have great careers in the NFL. And uh, I, I just can't, I can't wait to, to see. And, what about and, uh, Andrew Whitworth? Yeah. He's been in the league for a yeah, long Whit- time, and that man loves you. Yeah, well, I just want to know, Andrew Whitworth could coach. That's how good he is at, uh, at, at his profession. And, uh, and, and here's what it is for me. Um, we took guys, and we put a little bit of weight on them, got, got them stronger, got them faster. We, we talked technique. We talked about the position that they played and the impact that they could have on their team. And they always wanted to play in the NFL, and they get to a position where they're draftable, they're, you know what, it's, uh, it's the right thing. It's, it's, it's an opportunity for them to go make a real quality living, and they get to make enough money so that their family and really generations of their family um, will be fine for a long time. So paying college players, yes or no? Making sure that they can attend um, the the education, the four years of attendance, and uh, cost of attendance. The paying college players would be cost of attendance in my mind. I think that there's... Yes or no? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, we're going to pay them. But I didn't say we're going <laughs> to pay them a lot. didn't want to say it. <laughs> I didn't say we're going to pay them a lot, John. So. I say <laughs> pay them, but don't take away scholarships because people like me, as a female athlete and a non-profit sport i like swimming those people should still have opportunities but can't make money off people's names that's illegal so i say we pay them too there's got to be some way i'm with with smackers i had a daughter and i'm a big supporter of women's athletics um you know we shouldn't take away any of that but we should find a way with the amount of money that's out there with television and with the shoe companies, especially medical, right? (laughs) Lifetime medical. I think that that we should really think about that. Hey, John, I think, I think what you do too, is you tell, you tell, you tell society that the football guy's not the guy that's walking around with a cane. The football guy's not the guy that, yeah, the football guy's not the guy that can't lift his shoulder above his head, you know? Right. Or because now, not to mention the head, not to mention the head trauma, the CTE okay. stuff, no question. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's all mad about these rules and targeting, and I would be too if my dad was coaching. But when it's my brother out there, I'm a little bit more like, hey, it's, a big it's not such a bad rule. I, you know well, what, I think when your, your brother's playing fullback, right, yeah, and he's yeah. sticking his in head the SEC, in there every yeah. Place. yeah, yeah. 
I think you're so on it, John. And that is really where the, I mean, if you, if you were to, to, to brand the NC2A medical benefit and you were to say, this is going to apply um, based on a four-year playing opportunity, there's enough players walking around, John, that are disadvantaged and have uh, issues um, that, uh, you know, they need, they need somebody to console with and to treat and to make better. So, yeah, that'd be a great start. And we've all seen the effects over time as we get older of teammates and guys you coached and played with. And um, that would be a, a unbelievable gesture, you know, in, in moving in the right direction, in my opinion. Dad was at A&M this weekend for the Clemson A&M game. That was game day. I know he has something to say about that. Well, Going to um, Texas A&M to watch my son participate, to me, was one of the highlights of my life. There's just a, a, a proud piece there. You, you feel like he's growing up. He's becoming um, a part of a team. He's, you know, it's, it's important, that maturity that, uh, that they seek. And, uh, and Ben looked great, looked great in that maroon tie and that, uh, that navy blue blazer, and he, he looked sharp. I was the smart Miles child, for the record, because I chose a sport that Dad didn't know everything about. So I'd like Dad to talk a little bit about how you balance being a dad and a coach when you know the game at such a high level. Well, all you do in the coaching end of it is you buffer what the coaches are saying. You, you translate what the coaches are saying because I went to A&M to be a dad straight up. I wanted to hug the old big boy and, and kiss him on the side of the cheek, and, and, uh, and, and that's what I got accomplished. And Ben did not get a chance to play again. He did not have an opportunity at, at game week to get prepared. Um, but uh, I think there's playing days in front. And, and a little bit of struggle in a career – is quality. It's great training for your life, and I think that uh, I think I think Ben will have that. Smack, you, would you like to go into the uh, A and M Clemson Clemson game? Absolutely, game of the week, okay. and it turned out to be as hyped up as it was as they hoped it would be. First of all, to Jimbo Fisher, the head coach at uh, at A and M, it's the best A and M team that I've seen. Um, Really, since the uh, Johnny Manziel team, I think Johnny Manziel had a had a had a pretty strong team there. Um, but uh, I I don't think that there's I don't think there's any question that Jimbo has made a definite um, uh, change in culture um, right away. And I think you're I think they're physical. I think that they um, they come to play. I think they play for championships and victory. And there's never a time. And I want you to know. It was the single worst call that I saw um, from a press box. In other words, I, I, I give the fact that I didn't have the best view, but the highlights that I saw, the ball carrier going towards the end zone, puts the ball on the pylon, then gets knocked left of the pylon, and the ball comes out probably at the two-yard line out of bounds. John, it's just like if I were to go in to the line of scrimmage and get pushed out of bounds, 
the ball was returned to the team that 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 had it, and they just gained the first down. And I and I want you to know, I can't believe that that wasn't called. They turned the ball back and gave it to Clemson. They turned the ball back to gave it to Clemson, and basically it was just a gain of a first down and a ball that was pushed out of bounds. Now I want you to know something. It is the it was horrendous. But let me tell you what, what Jimbo Fisher did. He got beyond that right away. He made his point. He argued. He 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 complained, and then he got the next play called. Didn't they were they were they were not successful, obviously, in the two point conversion, um, and they kicked off, and then um, they had the same scenario all over again. And of course, they didn't make the two point conversion yet again. But the point is, is uh, he has got that team going, and uh, they immediately shifted gears. Nobody looked back. And they made big plays to get down in there and score. And then they had the, the opportunity to make the two-point play. You know, sometimes if you got that second time out there with that two-point play, it's not really what you focused on in the game week. And so, it's, uh, so it can be disconcerting to get to the second two-point play. So what would you think, John? Yeah, I, I got to see a little of that game. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a great analysis of it. It was a uh, – very, very tough call to go against AM. But, you know, that shows you the kind of coach that Jimbo Fisher is, right? That he was able to rally the troops and get him back in position again. And, and I think uh, that atmosphere uh, down there uh, was probably as electric as, you know, I've seen. And you could feel it, you know, on the television. Uh, and I'm sure being there, you know, you, you lived it. But, you know, you can tell, uh, I think, you know, you don't want to talk about moral. Uh, victories necessarily, especially at a place like A and M, and but it showed the position that that program and he has them in. I'm not really a moral victory person. Growing up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you learn that there are no moral victories. But that being said, I think a lot of coaches either have tough teams or they don't. And I think Jimbo Fisher is one of those guys that has very, very tough teams. And I think that some of it is in the kids you recruit, the way you recruit the kids you attract, but also the way you coach on campus. And so my belief in Jimbo Fisher went up from last night, and I think it's going to be an exciting A&M team here in the next couple of years. I agree. Yep, they're in the right direction for sure. SEC Nation's Game of the Week was Georgia at South Carolina. A lot of people thought it was going to be a really close game, but it was not. Georgia won 41-17. to Any takeaways from that game, John? Uh, just the, I did not see that coming. It just, to me, reinforces what's going on down there in Georgia, the, the amount of, of talent that they have and, and put together and how they've turned that program in a short period to be one of the perennial powers, and, uh, and especially with uh, their path now uh, in the SEC and their division is, is, is pretty clear. So they can, uh, if they take care of business like they've been, uh, they have a great shot to uh, be in that championship game. So I didn't think they would be as dominant as early as they've been, and uh, that was a, that was a real statement that they made. Um, what's happened in a in a, um, rec- a uh, talent rich recruiting territory in Georgia? Kirby Smart has thrown a wall around it and has done a tremendous job in recruiting. And that uh, that difference between um, Georgia 
and the rest of the Eastern Division will get wider because Kirby's going to do a great job there. Will Muschamp is doing a very strong job at South Carolina. South Carolina doesn't have the recruits that Georgia has. It's just not going to be. It's not going to be fair. the The best athletic team walked out on the field immediately, identifiably, was Georgia, and uh, and they just kept. You know, a forty one seventeen was in. That is a significant score. I watched that game and the SEC Nation pregame show, and the pregame show was more interesting than the game just because I kind of figured Georgia would have better talent, and then they did. But we move on to the Big Ten, Penn State at Pitt. Anyone? We all pretty much saw that coming with Penn State blowing it out. Except for me, the Smackers. Oh, I, uh, really? You I, picked, I you picked waving, the other way? I was waving the pit flag and uh, – I was uh, sorely mistaken. Dad knew they were going to bounce back after that. They were almost <laughs> <He's ready. laughs> upset last week by Appalachian State, and, and they're sitting on the field, you know, you know, their heart racing, hoping that they can somehow get victory last week, and then they win. And so the lesson was learned. And they lined up against State, and, and Pitt right now does not have the same talent. That uh, that Penn State and and, and Franklin's Franklin ran it up on them because this is a this is a rival. I mean, the, those that those pit uh, coaches will be out there in those uh, homes trying to recruit guys that uh, that James Franklin and Penn State are going to recruit. So they uh, they they made a point. Let's move on to Oklahoma blowing out UCLA forty nine to twenty one. Kyler Murray and crew handled their business at home. They look just like last year's Oklahoma team. Talented quarterback that can make plays. Um, defense that is dominant. I mean, Their you know, skill guys looked unbelievable. Yeah, they. I mean, to be honest with you, I think they they really just, they, they, they move that quarterback to the NFL and they, they move o, uh, o Murray up and they say, come on. Rarely do I think receivers can make a quarterback look good. And there were several times where they did just that. I think Oklahoma is a Final Four team for sure. And I think one of the Final Four teams that will that has the best chance to keep winning and get in because of the Big 12 not being outstanding this year, but also one of the teams that can hang in, that, in those playoff games after they get there. Yeah, yeah. I, uh... They sure don't look like they're missing a beat. That's for sure. No, you're exactly right. Mississippi State is at K State. They blew them out too, thirty-one to ten. Mississippi State is going to. They basically have had a a good run with this club, and they're back. And so they have a quarterback that can throw. They they have uh, a running backs that can run. They got a big offensive line, a big defensive line, um, talented secondary. I mean, I think Mississippi State, and that's tough for me to say, is a a real. Uh, team, I think they can step in, and I think that they will give people runs for their money. You know, they a year ago they gave a uh, very good Alabama team a very difficult play, and so uh, I uh, I think that they'll I, th- I think that they showed what they were what they what the kind of season that they're going to have, and I, I believe. I thought it was an interesting matchup with a middle tier SEC team. Realistically, historically, they should be in the middle tier. And a middle tier Big Twelve team, just kind of seeing how it plays out, and 
I think that Mississippi State had more talented guys in that game, and it showed, and it was pretty straightforward, in my opinion. John? Yeah, they got a quarterback who's back, and he, mm-hmm. you know, he can do a lot. Uh, I think I think they're definitely, you know, they've met, they've had some uh, moments in the last few years. And I think they're put it together this year. I think they're definitely going to be a factor uh, in, in in making some uh, making some teams nervous and winning a few games that people may may not think they're going to win in the SEC. So I, I like the direction that they're going right now, and you know, that's a good win for them. The uh, Kent State or the Kansas State team is a good ball club. I mean, you know, they they are put together with hard work and energy. And, uh, you know, for, for Mississippi State to handle them as comfortably, 31-10. I cannot cheer against K-State and Bill Snyder. I can't do it. His love for football just makes me want him to have success. Yeah, there's no way I'm rooting I against agree. him. I'm just being honest. I think Mississippi <laughs> State had just a few more horses than he did. Now let's move on to the only team that is 0-1 right now. First game canceled, second game take a big loss. Nebraska gets beat by Colorado. Well, you uh, you, you don't quite understand it, but uh, you don't. Uh, not me. You I, don't uh, understand it. No, I I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I think Nebraska could be a a very very talented Big Ten team. Yeah, I just expected Co- Nebraska to have more horses than Colorado. I don't think that the the Pac-12 is a physical conference. I think that you can uh, take advantage of that characteristic every Saturday if you step into to play a Pac-10 team or Pac-12 team um, like Nebraska. I think Nebraska should have been able to just out-physical them. But, uh, Nebraska has a much more passionate fan base than Colorado and more history. No question. The national championships, certainly Nebraska's to talk about, and the conference championships are Nebraska's to talk about. It surprised me. I, I didn't expect that. It didn't surprise me. Um, I think I saw all I needed to see at Colorado last year when they came into Michigan. They got a nice club. They got some athletes. I like what's going on down there. I like what the coach is doing. Um, I think Nebraska's going to take a while for them to get uh, – you know, Frost is going to get what he wants going over there. I think they had some attrition from a lot of good players. And um, I, I wasn't that surprised that, yeah, Nebraska got the history, obviously. But Colorado's got some history, too. They, they've won a national title down there. And, um, but if you're looking at the two programs, yeah, you'd say Nebraska. But they have some athletes, and, and they have a quarterback um, who can play at a high level. And I, I, I wasn't that surprised. It was a great game. It was close. And, um, you know, that wasn't that shocking to me. This past week, we found out that Dad's going to be inducted into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. Dad, what was your reaction when you got that call? Well, I was humbled. The, uh, I'm, I'm going in with a great class and uh, the opportunity to be on the, the podium with uh, Peyton Manning and uh, quality group of athletic people from the state of Louisiana. I just, uh, you're very humbled. I, I, I can tell you this, you, when you sit there and you've had success, you want to thank the people that really made it possible. You know, first of all, I was fortunate to have a great family and, and people that supported my career. I can remember uh, countless times where my family would be right to the side of the locker room as I went in and, and 
they would lean out and say, good luck, Dad. John, was, you were always there. Some, somehow, some way, you were either, uh, you know, watched the game or called in. Or, but those things allow you to step into the media and step in front of um, people that would want you not to have success and lead a team. It allows the guy to have, you know, the bulletproof vest. You know, it's a, the family's going to take care of me, my friends are going to take care of me, and I'm going to take care of the team. And uh, So you just mentioned all the people who you want to thank, but I know that he knew this Hall of Fame was out there, and it was something that we knew about, and obviously you hoped that he would eventually get in it. But I was surprised by how quickly he was put in that. So how, is, how important is it to you to be a part of such a recent class after you finished your time at LSU? Well, I, uh, I think it spoke to the sincerity of the appointment, and I, uh, I think it's wonderful. The memories, the great players, the school, the trainer, the medical staff, the academic counselor, the compliance officer, the, it just takes a lot of pulling in the same direction to have great success. There's a lot of people to thank, and, it's, and, and the success is not mine. It surely is team. So thanks. Thanks for the appointment. I will be there and awfully proud to represent that class of the uh, Louisiana State Writers Hall of Fame. John? Well, we, we couldn't be prouder. Love you, Les. And, 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 you know, it's never been about you. It's just been about the team and about the institution you were representing and, and what you accomplished down there at Louisiana, you know, was second to none. And, and, and the way you balanced family and, uh, and friends and, and, and being the coach of a high-profile, demanding university and football program, uh, you did a great job. And, and all those things, I think, play into it. Uh, the wins and losses were, were, were what they were, and you did a great job there. But uh, what you did as a, as a man, as a friend, as a person, as a husband and a dad, uh, that, that truly to me was, was a Hall of Fame effort. I apologize. I had it's one. It was really nice. You just missed it. I apologize, John. I will have to listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh, you didn't hear that? No, he went to the bathroom. Damn it! I had the. Uh, I, hey, John, it was beautiful, it, Dad. It was a run. It was a run to the bathroom. It was certainly not a mosey on over. John, you to made the a bathroom. good point though. Just that it's comforting to know that people don't think that the success was an accident. So I think it's just. Nice to see the individual honor come just because I think it was necessary to kind of tie up the LSU years. Yeah, commemorate, commemorate the, uh, the, uh, the coaching at, uh, at, at a wonderful place. Let's move forward to this week. Let's make some predictions. Ohio State is at TCU. And game day has announced that they will be there for it. Ohio State will win that game, and the talent level is is disparagingly different. Um, TCU will have a difficult time stopping um, Ohio State from doing what they want to do. John? Yeah, my yeah, my sentiments exactly. Ohio State just got too much. I think. Uh, Coach Meyer will have a good game plan for him. And uh, even though 
He won't be there uh, on Saturday to coach him. I think they'll be uh, very well prepared, and, and they know uh, that Coach Patterson and TCU does a great job, so they're not going to take this game lightly. It'll be a difficult uh, game, but uh, Ohio State's hitting on all cylinders right now. I think you know this situation that happened down there may have galvanized them and given them even more resolve mm. uh, for this season. And I, I don't think uh, I don't think they'll miss a beat down there. Yeah, I I don't think that situation is necessarily going to galvanize them, but I, I think that they've they've seen a you know. They, there's there's been crisis. They've they've had to turn to other leadership. It seems like the leadership is doing a great job. I uh, I think that uh, I think that, that makes I think victory makes um, Urban Meyer allows Urban Meyer to, to to retake that team room and allows him to reassert himself as the head coach. But it's it's very inter- it, it's very interesting. They're having success. The head coach is away from the success. Here comes the head coach. You know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how comfortable or uncomfortable that situation is. Yeah, galvanize was the wrong word. I think I chose, but it, it seems to me, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, the other coaches are doing a great job keeping them prepared and focused. But they just seem to be wanting to make a, a big statement. Uh, and, and they're executing right now on all cylinders coming out of the shoe. I don't think they're taking anything for granted. And it, it is going to be interesting when you get Urban back uh, on the field game day and everything. But uh, with what's transpired that, with that team, they have definitely uh, shown that they have a mission and, and, uh, and they're going after it. Okay. Ohio State is going to be confused why the game day crew chose to go to TCU. Because it's going to be very built up in their building all week, and then they're going to get there, and they're going to win very fashionably, and they're going to leave having been disappointed that that is their game day appearance of the year. Game day could have chosen to go to the LSU at Auburn game, which probably would have been my pick if I'm being honest. So let's pick that game. Joe Burrow continues to improve to me. They, they have running backs, uh, offensive line, receivers. Justin Jefferson is going to be a tremendous receiver. I believe what I saw when LSU played Miami. I think that they are an elite team. I like their special teams. I like everything about them. I pick LSU over Auburn on the road. This will be a, a great test for a talented LSU team. John, you know I, I'm gonna. Uh, I was, you know, I picked Miami, and and, and I, I'm a believer now in LSU. What I saw, I, I, I agree. I think they got tremendous talent. Obviously, they they have a great defense, and the quarterback uh, stepped in nicely, and they have a ton of offensive weapons. And even going into Auburn, uh, I think they had a better team, and they're going to come out in a close, hard-fought uh, game. They'll be victorious. I honestly think Auburn will win. I really do. And really, it's much less to do with any sort of emotion or any judgment of LSU this year. But I think the way Auburn flopped in Tiger Stadium in the second half last year was uncharacteristic. And I think Jared Sidham will come in zoned in and realize that he needs to execute 
as well as they possibly can to get this win. So I think that LSU playing so well at Miami and the vengeance that Auburn will play with coming off of last year's game, I just think that Auburn is a quality team. I think Jordan Hare is a hard place to play, and I think Jared Stidham will be ready to go. I think the the uh, experience of beating Washington, a, a team that has played in the playoffs, uh, also uh, benefits uh, a uh, an Auburn team. But sometimes the let's Tigers, move on. The, I got to make a heart tig- take on the next the, one. The Tigers have enough. So guys, it could be another rough weekend for my Longhorns. USC goes to Texas, so home game for the Longhorns, but it's against USC. Who wins that one? John, I'll, I'll take your – I'll pick after you. I'm going with Texas. Uh, I, I think uh, – Did you see the game that, that they played this weekend? Against Tulsa. It was a rough one. I, I just think they got too much talent down there. <laughs> I really do. And it's going to be a home game, and, you know, there's enough chirping going on. Uh, I think that they are going to rebound – I am not sold on SC. Um, obviously, they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of young players, and they, they got you know a lot of tradition, as does Texas. I just think that Texas is going to bounce back and, uh, and beat the, the, the Trojans in in Texas. I think uh, I think USC is uh, had their f- first loss uh, with Stanford. Now on the road. I think Texas is a front runner. I think right now they don't have the the, uh, the character and the the longevity of competition for them to go on the road. I think at home, I think Texas can play and play well. I think that they make a lot of things better by beating USC. I think USC is vulnerable. I'm I'm with you, John. I'm 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 taking Texas. I'm picking Texas, too, just because I want them to win. But I think we're going to see a pretty sloppy game as far as quarterbacks and turnovers. Just youth on that USC side and some history of turnovers with the Texas current quarterback, which I really I believe in him, but he's just turned it over some. So I'm picking Texas in a sloppy game. Alabama at Ole Miss. Does anyone want to object to the fact that Alabama will win that? Because we can probably be done here if there's no objections. I think I think we're 100 percent on that one. What do you think, John? Pick a score, Les. Yeah, pick a score. I like that yeah. lefty. That lefty can throw it too. He, ten he for run. ten on third downs this year. Oh, yeah. they've only had ten third only, downs. <laughs> only ten third downs is exactly right. Oh my gosh! When that when that ball comes out of his hand, it's like a laser. Yeah, I mean, it really. He is a, he is fun to watch. I tell you, he is a a, a special talent. I mean, obviously, uh, what he's done, you know, in a short period of time. But that uh, he has got a great a great arm, and and he's got good touch as well. I agree with you. That quarterback special. So I uh, nobody's going to argue the uh, the tide rolls. Thanks for tuning in and uh, listening to the Less Is More podcast with Smacker Miles, John Wangler, and Les Miles. Look forward to seeing you and hearing from you. If we got any questions yet, we need questions. 833-LESS-MORE. We're thrilled. 
to have the opportunity to sit before you and have an opinion. Have a great day. The Players Tribune.com.